welcome to Happy Hour, a work, culture, and lifestyle show. I almost forgot the name of it. And it's our 70th episode. Wow! Woo <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are your hosts. I'm Brittany Bowering. I'm Penny Blackmore. And uh, what would you know, we have a third podcaster with us today. And you guys actually might already know him because we do reference him quite often in the podcast because he is our podcast producer, Kit Proudfoot. That's me. That's me. I, I can't tell you how happy I am. Thank you so much for having me. What a delight. We're, very, we're thrilled to have you. Um, I it's nearly an honor for you. both me and my family. <laughs> I nearly thought, I thought Britt was going to say Kit Shamehand because <gasps> Kit's real name is Kit Proudfoot. So on Facebook or something. I was, yeah. I was, I was right. Shamehand. And my little sister is Lady, Lady Shamehand. And a lot of people in, in Berlin would only have spoken to me on Facebook and they genuinely thought I was called, <laughs> I found it so crazy. They thought I was called Shamehand. But then I remembered I was expecting to people to think, expecting people to believe that I was actually called Proudfoot, even though it's yeah, my real that's name. that's not that different. It's just like... But shame oh. hand is funnier. Anything with shame in it is funny. I'm not allowed um, to laugh at anyone's name ever because of my name. No, it no sounds, you're not. Um, I feel like Kit Shamehand and Lady Shamehand are characters out of an Agatha Christie novel. A bit of Poirot, yeah. Yeah, could very yeah. well be. Yeah. All right, guys, what are we drinking? Yeah, that's the first round. Good idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, I personally have a chai tea latte thing that I made at home with like some just terrible powder mix-in stuff. But I've spiked it with Bailey's, so I feel like we're okay. Because <laughs> it's 3.30 in the afternoon. Correct. And that's that's how we roll. And yeah. you, Kit, shame hand? I, I've got um, a keep cup with um, coffee from an AeroPress in it. And, I'm, and I've, got a, um, I've got an alcohol-free beer chilling in the fridge. Because okay. I, haven't, I haven't drank for a very long time now. Yeah, yeah, you're was, off the sauce. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And, Sorry. And... <laughs> but you can, right, he we'll, can see the disappointment in our faces. We'll do it like... for you. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, and Penny? I'm drinking a poor man's amaretto sour. Uh, I looked up the recipe <laughs> and it looked too hard. So I just put amaretto, ice, lemon, like lemon juice and honey in my cocktail shaker, which I am hitting really hard at the moment. <laughs> I love that thing. <laughs> Just it's so good, right? I it's made so actually, good. yeah, in a in a a work th- event thing that that I was doing yesterday. We did cocktails like live cocktail making all together, and I made a pina Huge. colada in a sh- oh. in a cocktail shaker, and it was flipping delicious. Yeah, I don't know why it comes out a bit fuzzy and like foamy, but whatever. Yeah, it's, because you're shaking it up. It's like it's like what a foamer froth. does. It just froths. It's science. It's science, Penny. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's do, let's also ask how we are. Okay. So that's good. Yeah. How, how's Kit? Let's hear from our special guest first. I'm, I'm good. Thank you. I'm, I'm generally, generally of a sun, sunny disposition in life. Um, we are, so I'm, I'm in the UK. I'm in a little seaside town called Margate and, um, We've just went into our second lockdown countrywide. Mm. So yeah, so it was like it when this comes out, it would have been like basically just like we would have been in it for roughly eight nine days or something like that. I have to be honest though, like this time round, the first time it, I wasn't really 
there wasn't a lot of things that were getting me down. I would have the occasional kind of like, you know, down moments like anyone. But this one's hitting me a lot harder. Like really? a lot harder. Yeah, I've got no idea why. I've got no idea why. I think I've come to a point where my I worked I generally work on what I do very, very hard. And um uh like on on writing and making music and 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 the uh creative media business elements what I do. And I think I've reached the point where my actions having no link to external <laughs> results <laughs> has just reached the point where I'm just like, am I like a hamster on a wheel or something? I don't know, but yeah. I'm I'm okay. I'm I'm grateful. I've got my wonderful partner Gillian. We're by the sea. I'm grateful over overall, but but I'm feeling weird. That's the best way yeah. I can explain it. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. I think that the for me because we're also like in Germany, it's kind of second lockdown, but it's not as serious of a lockdown that you guys are in. So shops are still open right. as in as in more than grocery stores. Like you could go clothing mm-hmm. shopping if you wanted to kind of thing. Oh, okay. Um, but restaurants, bars, cafes are all closed. Spas, gyms so are all much. closed. <laughs> yeah, I'm, it's, yeah. I, I want to eat outside my house. Correct. Yeah. I wish that, of course, restaurants were open and regular shops were closed. But oh well. Mm. Um, so for, for me, like second lockdown is – maybe not as difficult because I feel just so used to this. Mm -hmm. However, I feel so much more frustrated. Like, I'm just like, I'm over this, you know, Mm -hmm. like, I just want us to all move on. And I know, like, I feel the same as you, Kit. I feel super grateful. Just moved into this really wonderful new home that I absolutely love. I have a really great supportive partner. I have really great friends. You know, I have all these things to be happy about. Okay, okay, that's enough. (laughs) (laughs) I've got really great hair. I've got really great eyes. <laughs> Love that. Uh, anyway, that's I'm so I'm I'm feeling you, Kit. I'm kind of yeah. I'm very similar to you, I think. What about you, Penn? What's going on with you? Oh, uh, I was just gonna say, like, it must be especially hard for Kit because he works in like theater and music and like performance industries, and they're just dead yeah. at the moment. And everything's everything's dead. Like it's well, it's yeah. I mean, I work in business. So I just get I, to sit um, at my kitchen table and boss yeah. people around. So what I, what I mean, so is everything that I have ever had any link to is dead. So like, oh, it's, yeah. it's almost as it's almost as if I'm the industry grim reaper. Like even going back to like the stuff I did when I first left school, like events, you know. And um, we have the added um, uh, the added luxury in this country of not only having our industry die, but also the government like kind of spitting at us forever, yeah. thinking that we should have ever done it, um, ever like you know entertained the idea of these industries. However. Mm. I also just need to be super clear, like generally, like I work, I work for the majority of my time. I work in businesses where you need to spend at least a third of your time getting better at the thing you do, whether it's like, you know, the audio editing I do, or whether it's acting or whether it's writing music, whether it's writing, whatever, you've got to like constantly be like, I hate to use this term, but like sharpening the saw. So like, if someone said to you, if you're in the kinds of jobs I'm in, the performance jobs and art and blah, blah, blah. If someone goes to you, yeah, you can have a year off and just get better. I'd go, oh, amazing. And I have had that. It's just like, that can only go for so long before you need some sort of external thing. Because otherwise you just like, I spend so many days just like surviving on pure delusion. And it's only like, (laughs) like, truly, like Steve Martin said it, he says, um, it's, it's totally, it said something along the lines of it's totally valid to live va- like long periods of time 
purely on delusion between moments of valid inspiration. And it's like, I just need a couple of like real deal chunks to happen. And then I'll feel a little bit less like a mad art zombie just, you know, mm. so I don't know. It's a funny year. It is a funny year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, like the second lockdown, the first one was almost kind of fun because it was in the middle of summer. Yeah. And I was totally. like, oh, I'm going to take four months off and totally. frolic in parks with my corona boyfriend. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like we, we just had like legitimately a lot of fun, but now it's like it's cold outside and et cetera. But Different. can I tell you guys a funny story? I have Please. an opening Please. bit. Um, so guess what I did the other night when what? I was asleep? What? I sprained my ankle in my sleep. <laughs> in your sleep? <laughs> yeah. I woke up and I was like, ow, why does my ankle hurt? Um, and I was like, oh, well, I'll deal with it tomorrow. And then I woke up and it was like swollen and sore. And I think what happened was oh I tucked my, my sheets in too tight and my foot got jammed in there and then I changed oh positions. Oh, my God. So that's how much of a gymnast I am. I can sprain my ankle in my sleep. Like, That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and also, how funny is it that like Penny, Penny person who's just like, like, I, I don't know. I don't want to say like control freak, but like, you know, <laughs> tucks her sheets in so tight that she sprains her own ankle in them. I'm sorry. It's true. <laughs> oh you can use God. the F word. It's amazing. Olympic level awesome. swaddling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How did she die? She swaddled herself to death. (laughs) Work. (laughs) Now you get to see Britney's face while she does that, Um, Kim. I love it every every single week. I love it so much. Every time it happens, I love it. Uh, So here's the thing. I actually realized just a couple of moments ago that we should probably explain... like who Kit is more than just oh, he's the guy who produces sure. our podcast, right? Yeah. Um, because Kit's also a really great friend of ours. We met both Penny and Kit and I all met at work together. Mm-hmm. Isn't that crazy? It's like actually, I just I actually just made that connection just now. Um, that we're about <laughs> to talk about work, and we use that's how we met. So um, we all worked at the same agency together for a while, and just had an absolute rip roaring good time mm-hmm. so uh kit moved away which made us all sad uh, but we stay connected through the podcast and through you know whatsapp and and voice notes and all those fun things oh yeah <laughs> so many voice notes and also like uh so it's our 70th episode I was like Brit we should do something special and we decided like who better to have on the podcast than the person who has been like lovingly supporting us on this whimsical journey for the past oh, year or whatever. Um, but also, like, I ge- I genuinely like Kit. Like, you, Kit and I have had, like, a couple of lunches at Soho House that have lasted, like, five hours and all we've yes. talked about is, like, the creative process or whatever. And I was like, he's also, ve- like, you guys are going to like what he has to say. He's got so many nuggets. So uh, no pressure, Kit. We've really, yeah, <laughs> seriously, really built you up here. But um, yeah, I think, yeah, I think it's going to be a fun epi. So, yeah. Penn, what is our topic for work today? Do you want to lead us in? Sure. A bit? Ma- maybe I'll start off because I, yeah, and we can all kind of riff. Um, so, I read an article uh, a couple of days ago. Um, it was in the New York Times and it was about what to do if you kind of can't catch a stroke of luck. And I was like, ah, Luck is a really interesting topic, especially I think for all of us in 2020. Um, And so I thought like maybe we could chat about like how to make luck, 
what luck means to you. Do you do you consider it like what to do when you've run out of luck? All that kind of jazz. So um, first question. Yeah. I, I think we should all answer whether or not you, like, I think it's a spectrum, right? Or like a, a scale of, of how much you believe luck has to do with like your success or generally success in general in work. What do you think? I've got a very clear um, philosophy on this. Um, and that is that luck is like a self-fulfilling prophecy. So the more lucky you think you are, the more lucky you become. Um, and because when you think you're lucky, and I think this applies to me, I think I'm lucky in so many ways. And so I take chances. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to put this, I'm going to put a lot of energy out there. I'm going to do a lot of things. I'm going to take a lot of chances. And then even if only 5% of those pay off, that feels good. Like that, and that, that, uh, reass- re, uh, reassures me that I'm, I'm indeed a lucky gal. What do you guys think? Um, should I go? <laughs> Please go, Kit. Yes. <laughs> I um, I think about this a lot. I think um, there's there's I think about it when I'm uh, I try and think about it more when I'm up. I think there was uh, and when I'm down, I think about it way too much. Like I yeah. have no when I have no luck, it's it's all the fault of luck. Um, when I'm doing well, I have to remind myself that there was probably a lot of luck involved. Well, there definitely was a lot of luck involved and not kind of take full credit for all the good things that have ever happened to me. I, um, I've listened to some phenomenal things about this recently, actually, like about like the myth of meritocracy. Mm. And, um, and um, there was this other thing on Sam Harris's podcast. I can't remember what it was, but it was a chap talking about how luck plays a role in in life and so on i think of it as a kinetic energy in the sense that you luck has to play a part in any every aspect of your career like i i, I see myself as someone who on the face of it is as look i've thought about this for years i'm as lucky a person can be pretty much without being too privileged that i'm just like a mess so like i genuinely think that of myself um, but I've also had horrendous runs of like no luck and nothing happening and all of that kind of stuff. But I think of it as like a kinetic energy. And I think this links to what you're saying, Penny. I think of it in the terms of like, if anything good happens, some luck had to have played a part. Let's say I get an opportunity. Let's say it's a um, an acting role or something like that, right? Because that's like a bookable gig. It's like a portion. It's a unit of employment mm. rather than a long-term job. So let's say I get an acting job. I can sit around and maybe get an acting job awesome great got it let's go Ooh, brilliant um that was you know there's obviously luck in that but how do you increase that look the only thing i've really ever thought about doing is like it's it's almost like increasing the touch points so it's like how many feelers can you put out there i could put out 20 feelers like to different casting directors different uh screenwriters that are doing readings different directors that want to make an independent film and i could have no luck but I'm increasing my chances of having luck by a factor of 20. Mm-hmm. So like, that's kind of how I think of it, basically. Mm-hmm. So um, I I think it's like, it plays a part in everything all the time, truly. And I think you people say you make your own luck. I think that kind of, it's a, they're missing half the story there. You, yeah, in, you yeah. can increase your chances of experiencing luck. But um, 
Yeah, I, I think I, I, yeah, sorry, Brittany, I felt like you were going to say something. <laughs> I someone, just, someone breathed. <laughs> I, I was doing the, <gasps> about to, yeah, um, that was, yeah, because I find that uh, your perspective really interesting. And I definitely feel, I feel kind of similar to both uh, Penny and uh, you, Kit, that it's definitely something that, um, you know, I attribute a lot of the good things that are, go on in my life that I'm like, I do feel really, really lucky. I think one thing that I read recently about this, which I thought was super interesting. And I, I guess I never really thought of it that way was, um, it was someone, uh, wrote that like, and of course, like, I'm like, who wrote it? I don't know. But anyways, (laughs) it was just the general idea of like, um, you need to also be open to luck. Right. So it's like, if you have a goal uh, of something that you're working towards. And then you're like, okay, and here's how I'm going to do it. Here's my plan of attack. And I have all these little steps that I need to get to, and this is how it's going to happen. And you have everything planned out to the detail. You're not really open to mm. any real luck happening there. And you're yeah. probably setting yourself up for some disappointment when those steps aren't aligned exactly as you planned. Yeah. Um, so I think it's kind of a cool thing to think about it in like, you should have goals, but you should be open that the road to those goals is going to be, you know, interesting yeah. and different. Yeah. And it's like, that's when those luck items will happen is if you're open to different mm. paths. Yeah. Oh, far out. I yeah. really love that. Um, because I think sometimes like, you know, those times in your life, and I, and I think we can all say that we are white people, we're middle class, we're cis, like we're straight, you know, like it's, we're, we, we're not really battling like enormous marginalization or anything, but so there are times in life where you're like, you have to remind yourself that you're lucky And I think that's often when you get into that very like, now I know what the next step is. And now that like my Mm. path is obvious and you're like, remember, you're so lucky. Um, Mm. And it's easy to forget at those points, I think. Absolutely. One of the ways in which I find that that look, it's the very particular look you're talking about, the privileged look that you're talking about. It manifests itself is an ability to make mistakes and then still get get back on the then get back on the yeah, path they're not, they're not I, um, ruinous. I did some met- mm. they're not ruinous and I found that like people who are um not as like I, I'll just use me as a, a like an almost like Brittany I've spoken to you about this fourth I'm an almost laughable example of this I literally I it's I shouldn't I, I feel honestly like ridiculous admitting this but I can just go and get yeah. a job anywhere if I just put on the right shirt I get a haircut and I talk with a certain voice I can get a job anywhere I can get fired within a week, but I can mm. get the job, right? Um, yeah. I can be useless at it. Like I can, I, I just, I, it's, it's. I, I find it embarrassing. It doesn't make me any better in the long term because I'm not very good at these random jobs that I sometimes <laughs> get. But, um, but, but it's, but it's true. And I've worked with people as a mentor where helping them get onto that. We talk about like, you know, getting people into that first bit of luck, their first lucky break, but that's also a complete myth. Like at some point you're going to make a mistake. You're going to make some random person that's half thinking about you on this job, think of you wrong and you're going to lose that job. You're off Mm. the ladder now. So like, how do you get back on? And I think like we can make our own luck, but but I'm a massive believer in like, trying our best to kind of create a certain amount of like a, a quality of opportunity oh, for, for sure, people yeah. and um 
I mean, we're getting into like a whole other paths here. I don't know how empowering or, or tangible or how useful what I'm saying could possibly be. But like, I, I, I also think it's like, it's just um, what could be useful is at some point I do plan to be very successful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sh- I, it's in my plan, right? And I, I'm, 2021. I'll, I'll just state it or maybe here. 22. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll state, you can, you can hold me to it. Okay. You can state it right, right now. And at that point, I suppose it would be, I almost like hope that I can kind of realize that whatever success I do have will be down to just insane amounts of luck. But um, yeah, it's how empowering can this information be? I really do think it's, I I can say, oh, you can increase the chances of luck by doing, taking X amount of actions and so on and so forth. But I'm only speaking from my own personal vantage point of being just like, just ridiculously lucky all the time. I mean, even the job you gave me, Brittany, like you probably shouldn't have given me that job. I was good at it in the end. I was good at it in the end, right? You were, I was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but you not know, at I, first. But at but first, what, like, but, at no, first but I had no like, idea what I was doing. I had yeah. no idea what like. But what, I thought you did. I thought I know, you did, but which I think, is funny. But why? Let's get into why. Is it because I'm tall? It's. I think it's less about how... I mean, definitely, of course, your the way you look for sure plays into it because Kit is a tall guy. He has a really nice face. You have Go a creative on. demeanor. Looks- <laughs> you know the way people dress he has and it's this- like you look like you're probably yes. either really creative or very boring. Yeah. You know, like, you know, those people who dress really wacky and then you try and talk to them and you're like, have you got a single flipping thing to say? I'm somewhere yeah. in the middle. But I think actually two. it's more it's more how your confidence. So you, like, I felt like you, um, when we spoke and, and like, and also by the way, when we, like I hired Kit with the, the founder of the company. Right. Mm -hmm. So, but we did, there was no real interview. It was like, we sat and had a coffee and talked about what we wanted Mm -hmm. to do. And Mm -hmm. Kit seemed like he really wanted to help us do that. And we never asked any questions. Like we never, like, this is my, I think that was my first time interviewing anyone ever. I think so, yeah. And so I never I didn't even <laughs> ask like what kind of skills do you have? No. What's your experience with this and that? Like you were never asked. So you never lied yeah. about anything. No. But it was just like all of a sudden, you know, uh well, Kit and I were like it's just such a great little uh little team. Uh we had a lot of fun. But we, anyway, we were, we but we figured it team. out, you know. Yeah. Like we, we figured it out. I, I was very I was very honest about the fact that I couldn't I was uh, one th- one thing and maybe this is tangible. Uh, or, or in any way useful is that like I am I am extremely enthusiastic like extremely yeah, yeah. enthusiastic and I'm not coming it's I'm not coming at these things like I wanted that job um and I've, I've we've spoke about this before I want to within the job do a good job um like the psychodrama elements I have very little time for but the actual doing of a job and having like a positive impact if and achieving like some sort of useful goal I'm so in but yeah. really the way I, the reason I wanted that job and the job before it at a different at a, at a tech startup rather than an agency was I was trying to get jobs where I could because I couldn't afford to go to film school so I was trying to get jobs where I could learn how to shoot basically to shoot video edit video blah 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 and that was yeah. that so I was I really wanted the job and I was super enthusiastic I was uncharacteristically honest in the interview about the fact that I didn't know how to actually yeah. use cameras. I think that's so important for Strangely. expectation setting though, because if you don't do that, you're setting yourself up for 
Like you're faffing around with the camera so and everyone's looking at you. I, like, oh. I thought you said you knew how to use that thing. Um, I totally. couldn't bear it. I couldn't bear the oh, thought God, of mortified. that. I remember, I remember the first shoot. Yeah, the first shoot me and Brittany ever went out on. If we knew each other now, like now, if we were in that situation, we would laugh so much. But yeah. n- neither of us could either put on or take the lens off oh, the camera. Oh, my God. And, <laughs> And both of us were just like, does it go on like this? Does it does it go on like this? Should, oh do, do we, I can visualize this so you know, clearly. It was that was so funny. If if I was on my own, if I was on my own, I would have literally wanted the ground to swallow Jesus me up. Christ. I genuinely. But me and Brittany just got through it together. We got the lens on that camera. And sure we did. shot that video and we yeah, were fine. And it wasn't oh. that bad, actually. It really wasn't. It really, really <laughs> wasn't. But anyway, yeah, that's fun. But that's in- <laughs> an interesting point, though, about like, you know, that's being, I guess that's not, obviously, that's less about luck and more about mm. strategy, right? In terms mm-hmm. of you looking for this job where you can then hone your skills and um, maybe meet more people in the, you know, like those kinds of mm-hmm. things. I think that's like, yes, yeah, there's something about like strategy and luck where they kind of, need to come Absolutely. together in a way but I just wanted to share something that I found like so, so I'm just talking about like ha, in in what way can any of what what I've said or what you've said about uh luck be like tangible something you mm. can like hold on to and I had something which genuinely worked for me like I don't have a better word for it than like a spiritual level I'm constantly looking for like ways in which and I know you both are as well ways in which work can be uh dignified or give you a sense of like expansion like you know like feel like a um a better version of yourself and one way in which I feel like I explored this was in London before I moved to Berlin. So we're talking like five years ago. Um, I was uh, a mixture of things. I was a, a DJ, writer, uh, actor, and a few a few other things. And I, because of DJing especially, I would meet an unbelievable yeah. amount of people. If you think about it, it's like you're almost like a secretary. Like you're going to have so many people passing you, having a, 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 tiny conversations with you. You're just constantly available three, four nights a week. And you're just standing there and people come up and talk to you. Like, so you're essentially in a social environment for 20 hours a week. So I just met in unbelievable amounts of people. And like I was saying, I believe that uh, luck is a kinetic sort of energy. So the amount of frequency uh, frequency and proximity have a huge effect on it. So if you're in the middle of London and you're out 20 hours a week, your frequency and and um, and the situations and and uh, location uh, make mm. a huge difference. And one thing I found really beautiful and it made me feel so much better is that you think about like opportunities that come to you right through life. Oh, this perfect opportunity's just popped up in my life. This perfect place, this perfect event, blah blah blah. If you think about it, you're also coming into contact with countless other opportunities that have nothing to do with your story Mm. or your life or your goals. So I realized one day that I could just pay attention to all of them and then pay attention to all of the people to an extent, (laughs) to to a human level of how many people you can (laughs) keep in your brain, and then share with them the relevant opportunities that I hear about or that come to me. And it worked a lot better with people who were younger than me because I'd get so many opportunities at 27 that a 22-year-old would just like go for so like, you know what I mean? But that was really nice. And I found that it had this kind of magical effect where things rebounded back to me Mm. all the time. Um, It wouldn't work for everyone. Not everyone works in incredibly social manners. And this year, 
I've done next to none of it because it's just like, well, yeah. you know what I mean? So, it's but, impossible. but it was, a, it was a lovely thing to do. And just this conversation has kind of sparked it in me again in Berlin. I couldn't really do it so much and I did it a bit. And so anyway, that's my, um, that's my, uh, uh, November 14th Love resolution. That. I think, okay? yeah. I'm going to start yeah, doing that again. I think um, <laughs> that's what, and I used to know this guy um, and he was the sort of guy who the minute you, like you're sitting at a dinner or whatever and, and someone says, uh, you know, I, I can't get my health insurance sorted out. And he's like, oh, I'll introduce you to my broker. Or, uh, yes, you know, yeah. the next minute someone's like, oh, I'm trying to put together a website. I can't write my about me section. He's like, oh, you should talk to Andrea. And so, and and that's nice. what you're talking about. It's kind of like being a networker, and and I definitely mm. consider myself one of those people. Like, and and that's just the fact that I'm paying totally. attention to who people are, what they want, and what mm-hmm. they do. Um, and then mm-hmm. on the off chance that something pops up, you just send them a message and be like, "You're not interested in like a, you know, creating a website gig, are you?" And they're like, "Yeah, actually, I'm. Mm-hmm. I definitely am." And and that and the idea of like creating a bit of luck for other people is like it's a very addictive feeling, and I can't, I can't recommend it enough. And it also selfishly definitely comes back to you big time, because oh, people, because you're yeah. just actually in so many people's minds all the time that they're like, oh well, you have to work with Penny, blah blah blah. Like you know, you get so much word of mouth, which is selfishly nice, but it's also genuinely altruistic as well. <laughs> You do it on a real micro level as well, Penny. I remember I interviewed you once for that uh, for one of the video courses that we put together, and you were talking about how even resources, or um, you know, like maybe an article or a something, something like that, that like, and, and then sending that off, which in in a very focused and thoughtful way, even if you're just contact contacting that one that person once every six months or twelve months, it's such a thoughtful thing to do. Like, um, it's the opposite of if you ever have you ever received an article from someone where you just know they just sent it to you based on the head, headline and they and the, and they haven't actually yeah, read haven't it actually read it yeah, yeah. oh my god that angers totally. me so much that's the opposite of what i'm saying petty yeah. does by the way um thanks thanks so much <laughs> <laughs> it's a lovely um, thing to do perhaps yeah, we could share a couple of things that each of us do when we're down on our luck and how we approach being down on your luck how do you feel about that Britt, have you also yeah, talked about all your Whoa, have you baby. also talked about all your topics? Okay, great. Yeah. Um, so who wants to um, go first about talking about bad luck? I I can kind of I, I can kind of and hopefully this makes some sense. <laughs> I can share one and one another one might come to me. But I I think like one of the things that I've realized is like when I have luck, it's because I'm engaged and I'm like not with people necessarily, but I'm caring more about solving people's problems than than this usually abstract headspace I can be in as an artist and um I've, I, I constantly have to move myself back to like what do people want what can I do for people and then it's not so much that luck immediately happens but I start to almost see what I wasn't seeing before and realize that like there are opportunities out there or there are things out there or there are ways in which I can interact or um, just by solving other people's problems or like, or like even just being there, like, you know, it could, it could literally be something like um, being a reader for Mm. some, someone, you know what I mean? I I don't know why I'm talking about acting so much, but it's just just because um, it's, it's, (laughs) 
it's it's shifted to be like my, more of the main job like it's taken over from DJing I've been trying to get it to take over forever <laughs> and now that DJing doesn't exist that really helped move it just that really, really ha- yes yeah, yeah sped it up it just yeah. sped the process up I don't know how process I've, of elimination we me. can we, we can ruin yeah. your entire career in uh in a couple more COVID lockdowns don't worry exactly <laughs> exactly but I but I, well, I suppose what I'm saying is I can sit around hoping for someone to call and give me a job or I can think about who are the people out there? What do they, where are they at? What do they need? All of a sudden conversations are happening. Like you're helping people. There's it, that kinetic energy starts to crackle and upward spirals start to happen. And like, yeah. it can be really demoralizing because I've had phases where I've done so much for people, <laughs> like as a group, not necessarily individually. I haven't like went to give someone my kidney so they'd give me a job, but like, you know, overall, <laughs> Although I, I'm at the stage now where I definitely would do that, but like, yeah. <laughs> but um, but overall, I've done so much, and it can be so demoralizing. And it's I've I've had times where I've had to like pick myself back up off the floor. But I suppose like paying more attention to what people, to other people, has really helped me find the look that was probably possibly already there, or to yeah. create it. You could argue, you know. I think that's really really great. I think that makes um so much sense is kind of shifting focus from you, like from in, like internal to like sort of what can you actually do in the, mm. in the external real world? Yeah. I think for me, like another thing that I would do if I felt like down on my luck in work specifically, um, I think there's a couple of things like one would be that definitely I would try to, um, Because I think what the feeling of feeling down on your luck is really, for me, a feeling of losing control, right? I'm like, okay, all these things are happening to me, you know, and I don't have control over them. Therefore, I have bad luck, right? Mm Or whatever, vice versa. So what I do in that instance is that I try to make some changes where I can, right? So it's like, what I, I don't know, you know, I can't think of a specific example of, of, you know, specific bad luck, you know, in work that, that I'm, I'm facing, but I would, I would, you know, um, try to shift something in my work life, maybe try to create a new habit, maybe say, okay, here's what I'm going to do. Like, maybe I'm just feeling like, like not unlucky, but like, Mm. you know, a little bit like I'm just over this or whatever. I'm just bored with my work and nothing's really happening anymore. Then I would say, okay, what can I change in my actual day? Because sometimes these tangible things, like a tangible change is what I'm really craving Mm. and not like a change of mindset or whatever. It's like something tangible helps the mindset shift, Mm. you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So I think for me, that's like the biggest help for sure. So what would be an example of tangible? Sorry, just so I, just so I've, okay. So let's say I'm. Uh, I would maybe just say like I'm gonna um, I'm gonna contact two friends this week and I'm gonna meet up for lunch with them. Oh, nice, nice, pre, nice. Pre lockdown, pre lockdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and uh, and that because I know what I know about myself is seeing my friends gives me energy. Oh, and you know, right? And also like, and maybe I'm gonna also pick a lunch spot that I don't usually go to or something, you know, so it's mm-hmm. like something changing something like changing your scenery, changing, you know, who you, uh, are interacting with regularly. Maybe you have a friend that you haven't seen in a while or something like, I don't know, just something where, you know, it's going to leave you feeling good and it's going to be something a little different than what you've been experiencing mm-hmm. before. 
That's so good. I'm going to do that 100%. I literally, I'm so bad at that. Like, I, you know, I, I'm 100% going to like take that as advice for myself because I'm so bad at that. Like Gillian will be so happy. Like, I'm, I can just do the same thing. As long as I'm doing my work, if I'm doing my writing and I'm making things and I'm learning and I'm performing here and there, if, if I am, then I don't care if everything else remains completely the same. And eventually I'll see my friends at some point, but I yeah. really need to take that advice mm. on because it does so G me up every time. Stuck. Yeah, it's totally. so easy to get used to. Like I do the same. I, I, I am not a creature. Well, I, I'm not a very like habitual person, but every, I mean, humans are of course, but I would say like in comparison to people I know, I'm less like that. But even I get so stuck in my like mm. daily routine of this and that. And it's like, it's not even a routine that I've actually mm. developed. You know, it's just, I've just fallen into mm. it somehow. You haven't designed it exactly. I'm feeling no. that at the moment. Like literally this morning, I went out and got pastries at like 8.30. <laughs> I've had, by the way, just the pastry I had before we came on, that was my second pastry Th- session of the day. I actually had a pan au raisin, pan au chocolat and an almond, um, almond croissant oh, early nice. this morning. But um I think I started talking because it's lockdown and nothing is happening unless you make it happen. I started talking about what we should have for dinner at about 9.15. Oh, we do that all the time. Don't worry about that. What else is there? What else is there to talk? And, and like, and I was and like, like else. it yeah. hit me. I was Jen like, what am I, I doing? Be like, should we go to the supermarket? Like it's an activity. Like we go together to yeah. buy like one roast chicken <laughs> I'm, and I'm, a couple of vegetables. But we both go there and we like browse the aisles and make Meaningful eye contact over our masks with random strangers. Pen, I'm not joking. Me and Gillian, we okay. There's a there's a shopping. What do you call it? Industrial estate or whatever. I, is that you know, like it, it's. I'm not even exaggerating. It's an hour and twenty minutes walk from where we are. <laughs> we don't drive. During the first lockdown, we got so desperate you went there, didn't you? that we walked. We walked and it's not a nice walk. It's a motorway, right? So we walked an hour and 20 minutes down a motorway to... And the reason, the reason we went is so we could go... That's a freeway or a highway. (laughs) Yes. And and the reason we went there was we said to each other that it was because they had lentil pasta. The truth was... (laughs) We were excited at the prospect of checking out a different yes. supermarket. And right? you know what? Yeah. Supermarkets are fucking awesome. I love supermarkets. So I'm just going to quickly give my chips because I've got a hard stop at five. So. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay, okay, okay. We've been on this call for one hour. I'm loving it, but I do have a hard stop. So um, <laughs> sorry to be. Penny's got, got a, a hard stop, stop for a soup I love when night. people say that. No joke. We're so having legit. a soup Wish night. I had a hard stop. I know I've got no um, hard stop. So, oh. uh, so with regards to luck and getting down on your luck, uh, when I was a gymnast, something that I saw in like people with bad attitudes and people who didn't perform well was that they would go to a competition and they do a routine and they drop something or they muddle something up, which is sport. That is what happens. Like you perform well some days and you don't perform well other days. And they'd come off the floor and be like, oh, if only I hadn't done that thing, then I would have beat you. And I was just like, there's no if only. Like the whole idea of sport is that you do the best that you can at the time. And if it's not good enough, you're not going to beat me. Sorry. So um, it was interesting because I was like, there's no there's no luck running against you at the moment. It's that That's the whole nature of the game. So it's kind of like um, the one, the 
girls that I saw doing really well, they were always like, they'd come off the floor if they didn't do so well and they'd be like, ah, oh, that sucks. You know, just that's mm-hmm. it. And they would just accept the fact that it sucked um, and, and they'd move on. Um, and I think like nowadays I try and take that into account a little bit. I'll just be like, you know what, this day fucking sucks and that's it. You know, it's not lucky. It's yes, not unlucky. 100%. I'm going to give myself a break. I'm going to do what Brittany just does, is. which is like switch into a ritual or like trying to figure out like how I can break this day, break the momentum of the day. Um, but then the other thing that I've done in the past is Hold on. What we need to talk, after you've said this other tip, I need to hear what this ritual is because I've I've not heard of this before. But please, please go. Oh, <laughs> you meant like well, what I was talking about. Yeah, before, I just right? mean like. Yeah. The, but is well, that a ritual? A, a ritual can be anything that's like um, something that you do as a habit in order to create a certain energy with yourself, right? So right. I think Change yeah, uh, maybe it's less of a ritual and more of a, a break in momentum. So she's trying to shift the energy or right, whatever. Okay, cool. But. Um, Yeah, and uh, the other thing that I think a lot of people do, especially when they're job hunting, is when you haven't caught a break for ages, you you know, you've sent out a million resumes. So you actually do something self-sabotaging, and that is you half-ass it. You forget the cover letter, Mm -hmm. you pump out 50 resumes, and then when none of them come back, you're like, yeah, see, I told you, I fucking suck. I'm so unlucky. And it's like, Mm -hmm. and that's something I've noticed with myself. I'm like, if you're having a, what you consider to be a bad streak of luck work-wise or whatever, don't half-ass it. That's the worst thing you can do because mm. then you'll just get worse outcomes. Like what you should do is put more effort in, more focus, more strategy, um, and, you know, like that will that will hopefully change things around, if that makes sense. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, that was really corporate. I just wrote my things down. I was like, <laughs> I've got a hard stop, got some Post-it notes. Don't half-ass it. I love it. I love it. Culture. Shoopy-doo. So today we're doing a special round of culture talk because we thought since we're all in uh, full second lockdown, we would discuss um, our uh, second lockdown entertainment strategy. strategy. Which I think is really... (laughs) Yeah, coping strategy, but mm-hmm. with entertainment because that is important. It's important to have some good entertainment, some good things to, you know, distract yourself a little bit or just to some enjoy. One little thing to look well forward to in life, you know. <laughs> well, gosh, exactly. So I am dying to know what yeah. Kits is. <laughs> I um, it was such a nice question to receive because I didn't realize I had one, <laughs> but I think I do. Yeah. Um. So. One of the there's a, there's a couple of things that like really have, have got us through this this year um, with all of the downtime. And one was very early on, we we got we invested in a new TV. Like to anyone that's ever had like a nice new TV, it, they won't be that excited mm-hmm. by our TV. But like to us, it's just mind blowing, right? It's, it's like, not your laptop. I, I don't know. Like your, yeah, it's not it's huge. Yeah, it's not our laptop yeah. exactly, and it's not our projector, which was an absurd thing to have in here. I like I, I can't really explain it, but we have to like build a projector system every time we wanted to put the TV on. So that, that's <laughs> that's been amazing. And, but mixed with that was my little sister Jemima, who is an absolute legend, gave me her PlayStation Three. For, for like this year, like I can't remember why it, she just, I think she got like a PS4 and she just gave me the PlayStation 3. So that's helped me so much. I've, I've obsessively played um, 
uh, a game called, well, a game series called Bioshock that I'm, I love so much. I think it's an incredible work of art. And I've just started another one called called Deus Ex. I've never played games really before in my life, a bit here and there, like, but barely, barely, barely. And this year I've realized that as far as the strategy goes, you know, this whole like nine till, va- nine till five idea that pe- someone had at one point. Correct, was, it he- yeah. was it Henry Ford? I don't know who it was, but someone had this Dolly idea. Um, <laughs> do- yeah. Fucking Dolly. <laughs> That's so funny. That is so it's funny. It's all Dolly's the people, fault, they that- say. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. That is so fucking funny. Um, so anyway, Dolly Parton came up with this idea and it- it's never worked for me ever. It doesn't work for like probably a lot of people. Um, and I detest for every single different thing that I do with my life. I detest 12.30 till 3 p.m. <gasps> totally. It's the worst Post time lunch, pre-drink. Totally. It's, <laughs> it's Totally. It's the worst, worst, worst oh. time of the day. So what I've realized is every morning I get up and play piano because I'm an incredible artist and just let like, Just flows out of you. That's yeah, just yeah. your life. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's a, it's a nonstop. I'm like basically just a rainbow in human form, right? So basically I get up, I play piano, and then I realized that my work, my life would change and all my anxiety would go away if I just immediately started handling stuff at like eight and eight in the morning through to like 11, 10, 11, 12 with a little run in the middle. And then from 12 to three, just yeah. do nothing. Watch TV, like have my phone there in case I get a call or an email or whatever, play my game, whatever. And then at three, go to the studio and then finish my working day at like six. I still do way more work than I would if I'd worked in the middle of the day. So I'm lit. my strategy for coping with lockdown is play computer games in the early afternoon. Yeah, it's, like, it's like the millennial <laughs> siesta. It's like, instead of having it's, a nice it, after lunch so nap, you're like, yeah. I'm going to... I'm going to go into a bio You're zone world. right. It, that's mm. exactly it. Like, honestly, that, so that is my strategy. And I suppose the overarching theme of this strategy is just let yourself yeah. off the hook, for yeah. God's sake. Just let yourself yeah, off totally. the hook. Because it's okay. If, like, I'm, I'm already doing more than enough for someone who's ba- barely earning any money whatsoever. <laughs> so, like, just play computer games and just, like, for, like, an hour or so if you want to yeah. at lunchtime. Anything goes at this that. point. Just don't beat yeah. yourself up. Okay, Penny, what do you got? What's okay, yours? So, I also okay, am very so intrigued. Do you remember? I don't know if you guys watched Game of Thrones, but if you're a Game of Thrones watcher, mm-hmm. it came out every Monday night in Australia. Um, maybe it came out earlier in Europe, but by the time it got to Australia, it came out every Monday night. And I'd go to work that day and I'd be like, I am so excited for tonight. Because I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch some dragons. I'm gonna watch some incest. Yes. It's gonna be wild, and then I'm gonna go to bed at nine thirty. <laughs> you know, it's gonna be beautiful. Yeah. And I Amazing. miss that. And I think that the series addiction, where you're like, oh, I'm just dying to watch another good series, and it gets a little bit almost like anxiety inducing. Because I was like on the internet during lockdown every day, like, what is the next hot HBO series? And I was like, you know what? <laughs> It's you're putting pressure on something you have no control over. But what I do have control over is Julia Roberts because <laughs> because I watched Notting Hill the other day and I was like, I fucking love this stupid movie. I fucking love it. Totally. And I watched Pretty Woman with Brit yeah. the other day. And then after I watched Notting Hill, I was like, what I'm going to watch every single Julia Roberts movie ever made. And and. Because, yes. like, I don't think I've seen them all. And I think, like, just having this dumb, arbitrary goal 
is going to make it more funny and less decision-making-esque. You know what I mean? Like I'm not going to have to be like, what do I watch tonight? I'm like, I know what I'm doing tonight. I'm watching a Julia Roberts Roberts movie. Roberts. Roberts. She's the best. Pen, Pen, I might have an intersection of the two issues, which... Is she on Game of Thrones? Which is so... (laughs) (laughs) Did I miss that season? Yeah, she's the... She's the queen of incest. <laughs> no, she's um, uh, no, she's um. Have you heard of the I show? Knew you were going to say that. It yes, was of course I have. Have you seen it already? I've watched all the TV. Okay, yeah. guys, don't try and recommend TV to that, me. I've done it. That show was incredible. It was so good. I might actually yeah, watch it again. It was so good. Um, and there's a second. The second season's good as I well. I don't know if you've seen that. Season. It's Second incredible. season. We don't have that yet, I think. It's on Amazon Amazon Prime. It should it should be up there. Oh, should God, I don't there? know about Germany. It's, yeah. Oh, God, I'm getting flashbacks. Because really we don't... Yeah. yeah. Oh, they do that on Amazon a lot. Yeah, yeah they it's, give us all these movies and they're oh. only in German. It's very, very possible. But, oh, that's such a beautiful idea, Pen. You've got yeah. to go yeah. for it. Julia, and you can watch that You can watch that one episode of Friends where she plays a producer oh. as well. Um, so good. Okay. I know exactly <laughs> the one you're down. talking about, obviously. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she used to go to, to school with Chandler. That's, yes. She's, that's oh, I have She plays herself in Ocean's Eleven or something as well. So funny. That's she plays good. someone that looks like yes, her. Yes, that's it. She played, she's, that's what's, it's such it's a so funny meta. idea because, yeah. yeah, it's so hilarious. And then it she's, she's funny. like spending time with Bruce Willis pretending to be Julia yeah. Roberts. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Amazing. it's so good. She plays so good. That's yeah, incredible. We'll stop talking about that now. Brittany, please go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, my strategy for entertainment, which I think most people know already is to latch on to a really old (laughs) series that has about a million seasons and to start, you know, just to start it and just, you know, go through the entire friggin' library of uh, seasons. Would you You happen to be referencing 24 per chance? (laughs) I sure am, Penny, and thank you for noticing. So (laughs) the thing is, also, I, I actually had in my notes that I wanted to give a 24 update because I haven't done that, I think, in a couple of people weeks. People are gagging and for probably it. probably like, what's going on yeah, in yeah, 24, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so as it turns out, remember how Tony mm-hmm. is alive from the dead mm-hmm. and he is like a bad guy, right? I told you that was the I last kind of status update. Guy. So he's like, yeah, yeah he's like avenging he's his oh, wife's I thought you liked um, that. death okay. by basically attacking. I Of course <laughs> I liked it. But he's attacking... <laughs> Attacking the government, you know what I mean? Like kind of coming after the government because he thinks that her death is because of of the government or something. Anyway, so now I've found out that that was all just a ruse. He's still a good guy. That follows procedure. And you know what? Exactly. And you know, I couldn't love him more because who doesn't love a man who like could pull off being a bad guy but is actually a good guy? You know, it's the king and the yang. Right? You have those two... I'm telling you, so good. So uh, 24 is absolutely outrageous and ridiculous. So I do recommend if you've never seen the show that you should just try the first season. Like it's pretty ridiculous. Um, And then also my other strategy right now, we're coming up mid-November. I'm now going to be consuming all of the Christmas uh, shows that I possibly can Mm -hmm. digest. Oh, by the way, (laughs) I have one song to recommend. Um, and this is a song Ooh. that I put on if I wake up and I'm not in a great mood or like, or it, honestly, any time of day, I've just got to find out who the artist is. But the song is called 
Green Onions. It's by Booker T and the MGs. You can't be in a bad mood after you listen to that song. you do this around your apartment. And you pretend you're wearing a beret and a turtleneck and you're a beatnik poet or whatever. It's beautiful. I would like to also recommend, now that you've recommended a song, I have a really amazing playlist that I found. Uh, It's called Friday Vibes. And then in parentheses, work safe. (laughs) And I... (laughs) So on Spotify, okay, I found this because I was doing this remote event and I was like, I need some tunes to pep these people up, right? And I was like, Friday vibes. But of course, you start playing a song and all of a sudden it's, it's like, like WAP by uh, Nicki Minaj or whoever. Yeah, exactly. It's like some crazy like, and I gave her <laughs> You know, whatever. Okay, anyways, you get, you get the idea. You gave the what? Anyway. <laughs> he gave her chlamydia again. You know? Yeah, yeah. chlamydia. Anyway, uh, and it's honestly, I played it and I was this, it was the one of the best playlists oh, I've, I can't I've heard wait. in a really, really long time. Yeah, like all of the best tunes and the ones where you like, this just mm. makes me feel good mm. listening to it. Oh, so nice there's a recommendation from me. Uh, have either of you seen I, I, I May Destroy You? No, never no. heard of it. I, I, I like, I could cry. Okay. It's so good. So it's Michaela, Michaela, if you like Fleabag, oh. you'd like it. It's the best representation. Oh. It's the best representation of London I've ever seen, like on film, like on TV, film, anything. It's so real. It's like, because um, a lot of people think like London is like, you know, Notting Hill or something. It's like, this is what London is like, like how it sounds, like how people talk, like the vibe of it. And it's the most cool. dynamic show. All of the main characters, like, each of them just contain multitudes. They are the most dynamic, real. We can totally people. leave this oh, in. This phenomenal. is great. That's a red hot tip it's, straight it's from a, the press. It's a it's a phenomenal show. It deals with incredibly hard subject matter, but with like color and and f- fun and jokes and creativity and mystery. It's phenomenal. Essentially, it's written by Michaela Cole, who I think might be like one of the great like artists like to come out of like the UK and like a long time like our viewer is like on definitely like you know how Phoebe Waller-Bridge is just this insane phenom it's like they're both roughly the same age um okay it's amazing I I highly recommend it yeah Yeah. I think that leaves really (laughs) perfectly into our next topic lifestyle and basically in this uh section of the podcast we're just going to talk about kids lifestyle because like yeah, kids in this cool place that I'd never heard of. And it's been Can I just can I just say that leading into this, because I love this talk, we're basically gonna talk about how Kit lives in Margate and what it's like to live in this kind of slower beachside pace, town. Like seaside town. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, it sounds incredible to me. And I I have to say, I just moved from a really busy area in Berlin to a much slower neighborhood and it's very 
kind of quiet, like much quieter and just calmer. And I am really? loving it. Oh, and I was worried. Nice. I was worried. I was like, oh, you know, I, I want the hustle and bustle and I want the people and I want all this stuff. I mean, there's definitely people around, obviously, but um, but I'm loving it. And I'm, I'm just so curious how you're finding living in a place like Margate. Yeah, it's, it's really nice. I think I like, I have enough, um, all of my intensity comes generally from within. So like, I don't really need like hustle Such and Such a good sentence. All. Um, yeah. all of my intensity yeah. <laughs> essentially comes from within. You fucking, how, did does, you prepare not, that? That's fucking excellent. No. Sorry. I, I think, I, I think like, um, it, like, that's that's why even even Berlin after 15 years of London Berlin for me was so calm and and Berliner friends I would make were so baffled when I said that you know I would say the air is here is so clean and it's so calm and they'd be like what are you talking about like <laughs> that's nonsense um and Margate is so so just to explain where Margate is so basically it's like if you're looking at the UK from uh space um it's in the bottom right hand side it's in kent and it's right on the coast you have maps but roughly that's where it is that's where to begin looking for it on your map and um it's at about an hour and a half from london i've got like the the train station is literally like i can see it from my uh bathroom window and um and it's essentially it's on the coast and the, one of the reasons why it's so kind of well-known in the UK is because it's like one of the only yellow sand beaches like um, ah, in the UK on this part okay. of the country. Yeah. So um, it's it's got like Margate Sands is this like quite big beach that's like just outside my window here. I, I, it's a podcast so I, I can, everyone, people know what beaches <laughs> look like. So it's, it's, to, it's out of my window, but it's, um, but basically it's right there. And I, I, we've got like a lovely little flat and it's like, you know, it's all quite affordable for the time being until like people hear this podcast yeah, and move to market. Yeah, gentrification. The yeah. rents will fly up. Um, and just as far as like how it is to live here, um, I'm the kind of person is like, I have, um, uh, I've, I've kind of learned about myself over time. I'm one of those people that's like, a lot of the people who meet me think I have a big personality and it's only because I I hide 80% of the time and then spend all of my personality at once into people's faces. So like, <laughs> I'm really good if I can like work from home or if I can be in a small sleepy village by the sea and then I go out and like perform or go and do a job or go and just put on my best face. So as far as like the pace, like I, I prefer to like I've found that I prefer to live in this vibe and go to work in the yeah. more intense vibe rather than just always be and in the intense it, vibe. Uh, when you were moving yeah. there, um, I heard that it was like, I mean, I think someone told me, it was either Brit or yourself, that um, it's kind of like this very bustling creative community and there's kind of like quite a good mm -hmm. art scene there. And is that kind of because... Um, there's like London, which is super expensive, so the artists are like, I'm going to go somewhere else that's more... Yeah, for, for sure. Yeah, for sure. For sure. There's um, and that's been going on for quite a while. But it also has quite a it has quite a um, a big history of of like of art and artists. Like um, I don't know if you ever heard of yeah. Tracy Emin, but Tracy Emin's oh, from wow. Margate. There's a, yeah, just out like across. There's the harbour. So you have got the sands here to my left, and then there's that what's called the harbour arm, which is basically it's not a pier. It's like a big harbour bit that comes out like an arm out of the coast and um there's like a 
uh, Margate uh, uh, Tourist Information Centre, and there's a beautiful pink, um, uh, what would you call it? What do you neon. call that type of like bulb? You mean that's the like, neon lighting? The neon yeah. light, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. So, like, by by Tracy Emin that shines oh, across the water. It's if so you haven't beautiful. seen Tracy yeah. Emin's wow. work, I'd recommend looking it up. It's very sort of it's very accessible, yeah. but also very. And she's just like, I really like her. I like that she's like, ah, oh, oh, she's very she's cynical, so cool. but also yeah. sort of hopeful and a bit romantic. And yeah, yeah, totally, totally. And I think you mentioned like Damien Hurst, like in the last episode, I think, and like her and Damien Hurst, they were part of like this YBA movement in like, I think it was like the early nineties. There was this huge explosion of British artists. Um, and, but she's from here and there's a, a gallery called the Carl Friedman gallery, which is like our, um, which is like a really cool smaller gallery. But one of the things that really made the biggest difference was the Turner Contemporary Gallery opened here. And I think it was 2011, but I might be complete, might be like 2014 or something. But, um, uh, but Turner, the painter Turner, he was known by one name because I can't remember his first name. <laughs> JW, JW Turner. So, so, so he he uh, spoke about Margate and painted the Margate sunset a lot and said it was one of the most beautiful places in the world. And T.S. Eliot um, wrote The Wasteland from just outside what? my house here. There's like a plaque. So it's kind of got this crazy yeah, like cultural cr- history as well. It, I think like... Totally. I mean, I'm... I, I, I write stuff sometimes. I haven't written anything for ages, but like sometimes when you're just in the vicinity of like this historical element of art mm-hmm. or culture, it can give you some sort of gives you a weird but good, excellent energy. You're like, I'm amongst, totally you know, nice, I'm yeah. doing something here that will survive the ages. You know what I mean? Like people will be Absolutely. creating art and culture until we, <laughs> until the climate apocalypse happens, I guess. Uh, that'll be yeah. the deadline. But it's, it's not. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good. We all need deadlines. But, um, yeah. but I think like there's this there's this nice little kind of middle ground. I found like in Berlin, I wasn't particularly inspired to do work by Berlin. All of like almost all of the work I did in Berlin was with people back in London. Um, it was almost too relaxed for me. Um, whereas here, like. Um, like there's there's this nice little middle ground where I feel like I have enough space um, and having the sea there's a huge difference, but like I still have like enough motivation. And the UK, um, I don't know, this I, I just, I'm, I'm from here. So I just feel a lot more motivated to like, you know, write things for this and create things for this and make things with this. I don't know. It's just how, how I work personally. But there is a, yeah. a there's definitely a, a scene here. Um, and I, I've just, I suppose like, I always say these things with a, with a, with a hint of I don't even know what the word would be for it because it's almost a hint of sadness. I'm I've I lived in London for 15 years so like I was I I'm always waiting for the other shoe to drop. When am I going to get priced out of my flat? Mm. When am I going to get priced out of my area? When am I going to have to move? When is all of the people that I've got to know the names of from the local coffee shop when are they going to be priced out because they can't live where they live and now I will never see them again. So I have no sense of mm. community. So I'm like I now live here where all of these things are happening and I and I'm literally see people all the time there's a beautiful friendly community and I'm constantly living in fear that it's all just gonna get like destroyed by yeah. some like oh. you know people that are just gonna airbnb the entire town or whatever you know and it's it's yeah. so I, I I'm constantly in this kind of mode but but to be grateful for the time being it's a beautiful place but it's not just Margate people Margate's like the big name mm-hmm. of the area but the whole stretch of this coastline is full of like 
these amazing places with this incredible history, which has remained ungentrified to an extent. It's been quite untouched. So it's all these like old um, buildings. You'll see a lot of the buildings here have like, they'll say like 1892 on them and, you know, and they've never been, you know, uh, um, changed since then. And there's just fan- fascinating stuff across. Wow. I'll show you two because I should be able to move. Yeah. But across the, across the. Oh my God. Is that your view? Oh, that's my the, um, that is so lovely. That's the Nayland Rock. Yeah, that's the Nayland Rock Hotel, um, where which is basically like a very old hotel. I don't know if you can actually see. I'm going to try and see if I can show you the sea. I don't know if this, this yeah, is great gra- podcast content. We'll describe content it to you right guys. Now. There's a, there's uh, I'm a showing window. You, I'm oh, showing you yeah. the sea. I'm, yeah. I'd love to see the, the ocean. The tide's out what. at the moment. But... Um, but but uh, but yeah, one of the greatest things about it is the is the history. It seems like um, <laughs> this. <laughs> it's so fascinating, like the the history, because so much of it has been untouched. And again, like living so long in London, the history just gets modernized mm. so fast. Um, and here, there's like one. There's just so many interesting buildings. One place. I'll just quickly tell you about this. I know you have a hard out one minute ago, <laughs> but I'm just going to quickly tell you. There's a, there's a place called the Lido, the Margate Lido. And you can see like the pictures of it online and stuff like that. And most, if even like local people didn't realize that this thing, which is called the Lido, which looked like it was just kind of like a bit of kind of pier, you could call it, going out into the water where people would have their sun sunbeds, like in, say, in, you know, 1890, 1905, 1910, pre-World War One. This area, which is now completely run down and un usable you can't use for anything people just thought it was this thing there like you know above ground and then very recently um some historians in the bbc have started um excavating underneath um this structure and found that really this was a known thing it's not lost knowledge but but it's not it it was lost Mm. local knowledge that in fact the lido was underwater caves that people would salt, sea salt bathe in and essentially this has been there for years and now these things because we've we've like moved through time and they haven't been gentrified now these things are able to be um like to look for money to be oh, wow. regenerated and when they found yeah when they found these underwater caves they found like flyers from 1908 <gasps> in the lockers like like you know and all this little stuff like about a party going on at dreamland which is the local fair and all this like stuff and like it was all just left there because in the world world war one people it's on the coast in world war one it's not somewhere where you really want to be you can't be in a in an underwater cave <laughs> during world war one so like no one no one's going in there you know so that it's amazing to see history Mm. right there in Mm. front of you from that long ago and and that's and I realized that's one of the benefits of things not being constantly you know like how much history is lying like is just vanished because we built a new block of flats on it or whatever um it's fascinating here I love it so much but it's but there's so many of these great towns that are like ready for artists and creatives and and people who like work like you two to move to and like start like spending money in the coffee shops. It's like, it's not just Margate. There's so many opportunities for great lifestyle mm. down here. And like yeah. I said, it's an hour and a half on the train to London. Like it's literally That's like, same, you know what I mean? You're doing a good job of selling it. <laughs> Wait, well, yeah. Literally the, the minute board. the lockdown is over, Brittany and I will be on a plane. Like we, you can't, can't keep wait. this away. I, I'd love it so much. 
I mean, I'd love it so much because like I said, you know, you can come and check this out and have beautiful downtime and then go to London for any work stuff. You can like tie it all in and stuff. But, and the food here is crazy. (laughs) Like the food is so good. Like I can't, like there's a, there's a pizza place called Ralph's, best pizza I've ever had. So just have to get that I'm hungry. We can't talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, Oh, that was amazing. Oh, wonderful. Thank you for sharing that sharing your lifestyle <laughs> my pleasure my pleasure yeah but, but please could I just say if everyone could just leave it like two or three years until I've been able yes. to buy a house here before moving yeah. I'd really yeah, appreciate they it they should actually do yeah. that they should actually like in order to stop gentrification they should be like only you know we're only selling houses once every two years that would drive the prices yes, up so I would be much, so though. into that I'm, it would yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's killing me how many people are moving here to buy houses. I'm like, can you just give me a minute? I'm just almost, <laughs> I'm almost, almost able to almost look at buying. I'm almost, you know, a, I'm almost post- able please. to afford the brochure. Just <laughs> give funny. us a second. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So, so hopefully people will just give me a bit of By the way, room on that before I wrote they all down move your here. quote, um, which is all of my intensity comes from within. And then just as a note for myself, I put Tracy Emin under it. So it looks like I'm going to read that later and be like, fuck, she's got some good quotes. But do you know what? Yeah. It's, that's not far off. If you leave that and forget about our conversation, it's really not far off the kind of thing she yeah, puts yeah, into yeah. neon. So like it that's really what I'm looks, saying. It, it looks really exactly looks like, like something she yeah. would say. Um, we're <laughs> totally. go- I'm going to link awesome. some of her works in the show notes. That's why I wrote that down. So you guys can see, pretend you're at a gallery. Oh, how nice. (laughs) Because you're not. Nobody is. Kit. Yes. Just want to say thank you so much for being our guest on our 70th episode ever. It's our 70th birthday. And don't we look... It's actually we look awesome. Like cumulatively, I think we're seventy. You and me put together, we'd be seventy, right? You'd yeah. How old are you? Almost thirty-two. Oh, right. Okay. You'd so be, be 68. 68. Yeah, sixty-eight. That's not bad. Yeah. That's almost seventy, basically. <laughs> Important yeah. facts for a Saturday night. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. I have to well, go. I am soup. seventy, so Penny's <laughs> making soup. Uh, which is an interesting Saturday night plan, but it's it's uh, it's more interesting than my plan. <laughs> so can you? This is when you know it's bad when you're jealous of somebody who's going to make soup on a Saturday night. You know what I mean? That's when you know. Actually, uh, we're having a soup competition, so a couple of friends are coming over, and everyone's bringing a different soup. Okay, that's just went stratospheric. That's incredible. Isn't that hilarious? I'm like, but how much soup can one person eat? Because there's a lot of liquid involved. Like I can eat a lot. But I'd be surprised if I can eat a lot of soup. But we'll see how we go. Just good yeah. good luck, okay? Thank you. That's right. Good luck, Pen. <laughs> yeah. All of my intensity <laughs> right. comes from within. So. Exactly. That's right. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for listening to this episode. And thanks for supporting us all the way through 70 episodes of yes! Happy Hour. Thank how you. How cool. Yeah. Thank you. Have a wonderful week. And Kit. Don't be a dick. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That was perfect. You nailed it. Ha, ha, ha.